Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Useless Crapcast. My name is Greg and I'm one of your hosts. Your second host is also with me. His name is Jeff. Jeff, what is going on? Uh, you know what's going on. We're podcasting. Spot on as always. <laughs> uh, no duh. So, so uh, today we got some, some fun stuff going on. We are going to follow up on our Forcing the Issue segment from last episode. Talk about the decks we drafted and how they played and all that. Uh, we're then going to get into a short discussion about the aggressive nature of the Innistrad format and talk a lot about how kind of pump spells interact in a format like that. Uh, but without further ado, Forcing the Issue... This is the uh, the follow up to the cliffhanger, Jeff. The follow how up. Did... Yeah. How so did, how did, last uh, time on East West Draftcast, you heard about um, the two the two decks we were going to try to force, which was Artful Neonate, the blue red aggro deck, like kind of tempo aggro, I guess, um, and. Black Red Curses, <laughs> which is the um, Curse of Thirst. You know, just the terrible deck, the the worst deck ever. But uh, now, we'll get into that. <laughs> let's be clear: both of these decks are kind of terrible. You know, I'm 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 kind of taking a shine to the Artful Neonate deck. I'm not gonna lie; it's not as bad as the Curse deck, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. But I never I never tried to grasp uh, draft a Curse deck, so why don't we talk about that one first? Okay. Because you did, and I want to hear how it went. I did. Uh, I recorded it, too. Um, so we, I, I did I did a draft for that and a draft for the Artful Neonate. I recorded both. Did it in Swiss so we could see all three rounds. Um, unfortunately, for the Curse deck, I only got to play two rounds because I got a buy. Oh. <laughs> Which happened to be my only win. Um, oh. <laughs> it was atrocious. Um so the hilarious. All right, all right, hold on. Let me let's let's just break this down. How many curse of thirst did you have? Zero. How many curse of misfortunes did you have? Zero. How many curses did you end up with after pack one? Zero. Well, yeah, that's, see, that's, that's a lot. The answer. Curse of exhaustion. <laughs> it was in Which there. One is that? The, the white one. one. <laughs> <laughs> it was like our last pick. Uh, yeah. I, I did the draft with Ryan Hogan, by the way. I, frequent guest on the podcast um but so that happened and uh while while i like i first picked something like a fires of undeath and i was like i could be either and then the second pick was like a good black card and i was like okay curses <laughs> and then proceeded to see no curses um uh. i didn't see any pack two either i didn't see or i guess i think i did uh, see like a curse of the pierced heart uh that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Uh, like, like late in, or like, not late into the pack, but kind of like mid-pack two, maybe? I can't remember. But it was something... So what like, did you take I, over? I, something good. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't justify taking it when I didn't even get a curse in the first pack. I kind of like, was like, ah, I'm not really curses anymore. But then, pack three came along, and I got three Curse of the Pierced Heart. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Could have had four. So we were kind of the curse deck in that we had three curses in the deck. 
Um, I think every card in the deck costs two or less, except for, like, four cards. Uh, so how many lands did you run? Sixteen. Um, but it was, like, the most the most aggressive deck I've ever drafted in this format. Like, and by most aggressive, I just mean that if I am not the aggressor in the game, there's no possible way I can win. <laughs> Which happened to be the case in every game. Um, I just ended up not drawing the things in the right order or something, and, uh, I mean, I was never mana screwed, I don't think. But I, I, I think I got flooded a bunch, and I don't know, it was just like, it felt like the deck was terrible, but it also felt like my draws were just even worse than terrible. Not that the deck was gonna like do well. I, I don't think that that deck was gonna be a, even a two-one deck, but but an O three is pretty horrendous. Like I I I've O three twice online. And that was the second time, and it was depressing. That's rough, um, especially in the Swiss. Yeah, it's kind of hard to O three. Totally. I, I think uh, I, I have noticed that the competition in Swisses have gotten a little bit better, which is nice. Because I prefer the Swiss over the eight fours, since uh, I prefer to spend less money. And in general, cool. I spend. And less you money. want to play more matches. Like you get to play more Magic. Yeah, if if you're if you ever lose, right? Yes. I have been doing awesome in eight fours recently. I've, I've gone. I've been. On, I'm on a streak right now, so I'm pretty happy well, about that. Knock on wood. Don't don't jinx yeah, yourself. I totally just did, but that's okay because. I've gotten a bunch of free drafts out of it, so it was awesome. I'll so, I kind of want to throw this out there. There's there's not a whole lot to take away from your curse deck experience, really, is there? I mean, the deck was not good. It's not like we uncovered some secret strategy that's going to someday be good. Like, do you think there's ever a way you could draft that deck and 3-0 a pod with it? No. Yeah, I don't think it's really possible. I think possible. it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the deck that I drafted wasn't really the deck we talked about. We talked about kind of a controlling deck that uh, had the curses as just inevitable win conditions that they couldn't deal with. Yeah. Um, the deck I drafted was just crazy aggressive. Just all two drops and one drops. That's, that's all it was. And um, if I ever got behind, I was just done. Because <laughs> two drops don't get you back into a game. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of there's a whole host of problems with that deck in the first place. I mean, foremost among them is that your main win conditions are enchantments that don't affect the board. Correct. So, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about Artful Neonate because we knew this deck wasn't going to be like top notch or anything, but I had a little bit of success in the two drafts that I did, like forcing this type of for this type of archetype. Yeah, um, I I didn't I okay so I forced it one time and uh, I have the draft um, recorded and I'm I'm gonna post that one. I probably am just gonna skip posting the black red one since uh, it's a pain in the ass to edit and it's not worth posting. It's just garbage. Um, but the the artful neonate one I, I will try to get up there because it was a lot more interesting and we did a lot better. I think we went two one. Um, and lost in the finals. But how many art? How many artful dodges did you end up with in your deck? Just the one, I think. Just just one. And, and just how many neo- one neonate. <laughs> but I mean, did you have some of the other vampires? Like I had uh, a Ripper. I think I had a Rakeshare. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had I had the deck. It was a version of the deck. It wasn't like all neonates, but it was a version of the deck, and it and it performed quite well. Um, like the one pick that was like a little iffy for me, I can't remember exactly what it was over, but I I didn't take a spectral flight when I could have. It was pretty early in a pack, but I was like, ah, this card is supposed to be very important to the deck. Um, but I took just a standard better card over it, thinking that ah, it was kind of pack two or something. I was like, ah, I might see another. So I didn't, and uh, kind of wish I had taken it just to be more in line with the deck's priorities. I actually had a very similar experience with uh, a Fuhrer of the Bitten. It was kind of like middle of the pack, and I can't really remember what I took over it, but it was like in a vacuum a better card. But as soon as I got to deck building, I was like, man, this deck really wants that Fuhrer of the Bitten. Why didn't I take that? Right. So I don't know. What can you do? Uh the deck I drafted had two Artful Dodges, two Neonates, a Ripper, a Rakeshare, and like a Crosswave Vampire is an additional way to make my guys unblockable. I found that the Neonate and like the Vampires in general aren't super important to the deck. Uh, and I mean, assuming that like Artful Dodge is a card you're going to play, if you're playing Artful Dodge, I felt I felt like all you really needed were some like well, like some aggressive creatures. Like, yeah. high power, power to cast and cost ratio guys. I, I will tell you that uh, I think um, Nightbird's Clutches is just a better version of the Artful Dodge. I had both in, in the deck, and every time I drew the Clutches, it always did more damage than the uh, the Dodge. Well, yeah, because it effectively makes all of your creatures unblockable. Right, and although it's a lot more mana, it's just... Uh, I mean, it, the the first time it takes them by surprise, and the second time it's such a hard card to play around because it just totally stops, completely stops their offense if they want to try to block. Otherwise, you just get free attacks in. Yeah, Artful Dodge is much more of a just straight up. Uh, how do you, how do I want to put this? It's just a racing card. Like it's it's a card that says I am racing, and if you are not racing, then I am going to win. Yeah, it's the card. Uh, it's the card you'd rather have the turn after you drop your Neonate, if you, if this is turn three. So you can do that yes. and play another two-drop, which is huge tempo. I, f- I found that while while I went 2-1 with uh, both of my Neonate decks, um, and I should, quick sidebar, you can check both of them out on our Facebook page. Uh, I posted screenshots of the deck list. I tried to record video for both, and both times the video recorder kind of failed on me after I was done recording. Uh, but anyway, you can check out the the deck lists that I had with like relevant sideboard cards down below. Uh, and I kind of lost my train of thought there. What was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about just how, like, despite the fact that all of my, uh, all that I went to one, all of my games were very close. Did you have a similar experience? Uh, yeah. I mean, the deck was, it competed with everything really well. Um, the stuff I lost to, uh, I want to say, I lo- what did I lose to? Maybe that was a different track. I've been drafting so goddamn much lately <laughs> that I can- <laughs> everything is running together. I might have lost to an Olivia, but I can't remember. Um, that might have been a different draft. The red-blue deck I drafted, I specifically remember losing to a very aggressive white-green de- white deck. And that deck was good. Like I, I ended up kind of keeping track of 
where it ended up like as the draft went on because we were doing a Swiss and I lost to this guy in the first round and he ended up winning the draft with this white green deck. Yeah. Um, not to say that like I had the second best deck or anything like that. I don't want to imply anything in that regard because I'm, I probably didn't have the second best deck, Yeah. but probably. Uh, the deck I lost to was good is the point I'm trying to make. Um, right. And it was fast. Like, above all else, that's what I'm trying to get across is that it was able to kind of keep up with, my unblockable dudes. Uh, and I mean, a lot of that has to do with the fact that if you're playing Neonates and Artful Dodges, you're not playing the highest quality two drops and spells in your deck. No. So you're just going all in on a tempo plan. And while it can work and did work for, it sounds like both of us in the drafts that we did, sometimes like if someone else has an equally tempo oriented deck with just better cards, you're probably going to lose those those games. Generally, those decks will be green. Yes. Uh, the green, green red, and green white are, uh, I think, the the best of the, the aggro decks. Blue white is also good, but that tends to be a little bit more controlling and focused on flyers, which right. are inherently a little higher on the mana curve. Right. So, so not quite as fast. Yeah. The, the other deck I drafted, which you can also see on Facebook or if you follow me on Twitter at EWDraftCast, you can see it there. I uh, got into red very early in pack one with a Pyreheart Wolf and proceeded to like leave pack one with very few blue cards. I never saw an Artful Dodge. So I actually did pick a Curse of Thirst relatively early. Nice. Just just to stay open to that plan. Uh, it didn't come together, but I did end up with three Pyreheart Wolves out of pack one. Holy God. Yeah. Uh, the problem was is I never really committed to a second color, so I kind of ended up with this like three-color monstrosity of like Neonates, Pyreheart Wolves, and then white for some removal spells, and uh, green for travel prep Hunger or Wild Hunger and an Avacyn Pilgrim to help out with the white mana. Oh, and a Dark Thicket Wolf. So all of my cards cost three mana or less, except for a Flare of the Hatebound and a Balefire Dragon. And <laughs> Sorry. I, I know, it's pretty ridiculous. I was just about to say, I don't think it was actually correct for me to play the Balefire Dragon. No, probably not. There's pre- I mean... I had a, a Night Revelers in the sideboard that probably should have just been in there. I had a Moment of Heroism that I could have added to my White Splash that also probably would have been a better play. Yeah, but Balefire Dragon tends to be kind of a trap, um, but we can get to that in a second. Yeah, uh, but this deck also went 2-1. I had a Wolf Run as well, which cemented me in red-green. I should probably mention that. Uh, and I don't know. It was a lot of fun to play, but again, I just... I was always just on the brink of losing just because if I wasn't beating down, I was going to, like, I wasn't going to get there. Like, I had to be faster than my opponent every game. Right. Like, there was one game where I had to put a Bonds of Faith on Crew and Outlaw, on my own Crew and Outlaw, just to make it a 4-4 first strike, full well knowing that my opponent could just pass on his turn and make my guy not be able to attack. Like, I had to get in with a 4-4 first strike that turn. Right. So, kind of kind of crazy uh, how these decks ended ended up playing out. I mean, are there any other major takeaways from you as far as like the neonate artful dodge or neonate 
Nightbird's Clutches well, archetype? Well, I, I did actually... I did not force the deck. Um, I was I was just playing an 8-4. Uh, I think I was doing it with Ryan as well. Um, we, we draft uh, via Skype. You can share your screen. It's pretty awesome. Um, and so we one person drafts, and the other person tells them they're an idiot. <laughs> Great times. Uh, but... I I drafted a um, a blue red tempo deck. I mean, I think I played one neonate. I don't think I had any artful dodges, but I did have nightbird's clutches. It was the same deck. It was just like kind of slightly better cards than uh, than my first one. Um, but I took down the a four with it. I mean, it's good enough to do that. It's it's actually a deck that is uh, legitimately can win. That's actually, it brings up a good point. Like, one of the things that kind of came up while I was playing my blue-red deck, uh, the one that had two Artful Dodges in it, was that I felt like it could have been a, a great deck if I wasn't playing Artful Dodge. Yeah, like, it's... Every, every time I got to sideboarding, I was like, oh, God, I should just take out these Artful Dodges and put in, like, the Burning Vengeance package that's in my sideboard. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, or, or something, just anything. If I wouldn't have taken those cards, I would have taken, like other blue or red cards, just more dudes or something, like, the deck would have just been good. But instead it was kind of like this really fringe, kind of silly archetype. Yeah, I think I drew Artful Dodge once, where it was, like, just the card I wanted, and it was awesome. But I think every other time I drew it, I was like, ah, I kind of wish this was just a guy. Yeah. But... I mean, there, there were a lot of times during the draft where... Yeah, I would have it and be like, oh, I can get in there with the Soul Caesar no matter what this turn, or oh, I can get in with my 7-7 Scourge of Gaia Reach. That's like, savage. <laughs> yeah, it, like, these are plays you get to make with Artful Dodge, but if, like, that Artful Dodge was a Silent Departure, or, I don't know, even just, like, a Sensory Deprivation half the time? Maybe, like, yeah. I feel like it might make, it would, might make the deck better, uh... But I, I do think that you're touching on a very important point in that red-blue aggro is a deck that you can draft to success. Yeah, I think it's a good deck. And, uh, I mean, there are certain cards that are pretty important for it, like one being Silent Departure that you just mentioned. I mean, the, the tempo in that card is unbelievable. Like, just absolutely backbreaking. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... It's solid, and all the two drops in 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 uh, Dark Ascension for red are all awesome. I mean, not like totally awesome, but but just solid, solid dudes. The werewolf, I love that card. I've just come to just really love it. And um, the uh, oh, the hinterland guy, yeah, hinterland hermit. He's he's great. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, I I mean, he's often a two mana three power guy, and. He can let your other bigger stuff get through sometimes, and just just really solid guy. And then the Torch Fiend has a nice utility on him, and I don't know, the cards are just... Red is just so much better in Dark Ascension. It just makes the deck so much better. Well, they really needed it, because it was terrible in Innistrad. Yeah. But, I mean, just the tempo plays you have in Red between, like, the cards you talked about, but also, like, Forge Devil. Oh, my God. Right? I, I totally plane. forgot. I need to... I need to Forge, Forge Devil is just the greatest card. It's so good. Oh my god. And it always goes so late. Every time. Ah, oh man, the card is... Just, it just kills everything. 
Everything has one toughness. And it. Uh, I think you're getting a little hyperbolic. I am. Uh, I am. I will it admit definitely it. Definitely does not kill everything. Every card in the format, I guarantee it. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> straight up uh, a skin render. I don't know. Uh, it, no, it, it's. I don't know. It's just really good for for a one mana one one. Right. Like, and if your deck is aggressive, and it's not killing something, you're probably already winning the race. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't sweat it. No. But just, yeah, the tempo plays that you get in red and blue between Forge Devil, Silent Departure, Geist Flame, cards like that, it's it's really easy to build a deck that can just kind of put a couple dudes on the board and then just keep the pressure on through the mid-game to the point where hopefully you have some sort of reach, whether it be a Brimstone Volley or even something like, like a rare, like a Flare of the Hatebound or a Devil's Play... Just one, or even just like a card like Fling, like some card that can mm-hmm. just deal those last points of damage, or or just a couple flyers in blue. It's it's not hard to put this type of deck together with the cards that are available to you in the format. Right. So it's kind of a cool deck. I don't. I wouldn't say it's like the best deck in the format or anything crazy like that, but it's definitely. I mean, if it's open, it's worth drafting. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we're we're talking about how how tempo-based and how aggressive this deck is, let's uh, let's segue into our discussion of just the aggressive nature of Innistrad. Yeah. So, uh... There has been, um... What do we call it? Uh, a lot of talk in our group, I guess. Where we draft the format, and, uh... This is, this is mostly coming from Ryan. Um... But he he'll be drafting and he's like, yep, another another Zendikar draft. And well, to be to be, it's not just our friends and I who are talking about this. I think this is pretty well documented at this point that like sure. Innistrad is a very aggressive format and that two drops are once again just kind of cock of the walk. Yeah, but it really like it's not the same format as Zendikar, but it has the same plan. Like, to be the fastest, you know? Where, um, in Zendikar, it was be the fastest with, um, I mean, just cards that make it so they can't block, make, like, tap down stuff, um, or just, just the, the landfalling commons that got bigger. Those cards were just, uh, you know, big monstrous dudes that attacked for cheap. Um, in this format, it's slightly different, where um, although it's really based on being super aggressive, it feels it still feels very synergistic. Which is... I prefer. I mean, I didn't love Zendikar, and I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this format compared to... Uh, I think I liked Triple Innistrad more, technically. But... Okay. But... Uh, but this definitely feels more like about drafting synergy than just oh it costs two mana slam it you know like yes you're doing that but you're doing but you are picking between cards and making decisions based on um, synergies like a lot a lot of it's tribal synergies but 
that's what I was going to say. Is it gets to a point where it's not like Zendikar where you just drafted as many two drops as possible and therefore meant that like you probably were trying to avoid green because all of the best two drops in Zendikar were not green. Right. Uh, whereas like a format like this, like, but you could draft like an awesome red white Zendikar aggro deck. You know, mm-hmm. but white red isn't that good of a color combination in Innistrad. It's like even if you get a bunch of like well costed or well uh, aggressive two drops, you know what I'm saying? Totally. I mean that that could be a deck that works, but I don't I don't think that's one of the color combinations I would ever look to get into during a Dark Ascension double Innistrad draft. Like in the the archetypes I feel like are pretty well defined at this point. There's all the all the tribal ones like you talked about, uh, even just like blue white, not as a spirit deck, but just as kind of like a flyers deck can work. Right. You don't have to be spirits to be blue white. You just you just you're slightly more uh, controlling. Like Greg said this earlier. You're you're a sli- yeah. slightly more controlling version of the uh, really fast decks. Um, I think a big reason that uh well let's let's move into the the second part of the topic the biggest reason that um to me that all these two drops can get there is because of all the pump spells it definitely helps yeah and the fact that they're they're all playable um for for various reasons but one of the major reasons is that the removal just doesn't quite get there in in two for one most of the time, particularly instant speed removal. Right. A lot of it is. I mean, it's all it's all basically one dam one or two damage. If you're lucky, it's two damage for for instant speed. Um, well, well, yeah. Or or it's easy to realize when they have it. Like if they leave up double black, like they could oh, really yeah, well yeah. have them at night. If they leave up white and two other lands, like rebuke is a possibility. Uh, Smite the Monstrous costs four. Brimstone Volley costs three. Like these, Tragic Slip is probably the best or like the most efficient spell like that. But yeah. unless Morbid, unless Morbid has been triggered, it only gives minus one minus one. Right. So and Morbid isn't usually triggered before combat or during exactly. combat even. Yeah. So, Absolutely right. Yeah. So and I mean in general, just be smart with your pump spells. Don't don't put it on your one toughness guys when they have a red open or a black open. But um, because of that, like you, you just kind of get to go wild with your pump spells, and some of the pump spells are just so good. <laughs> some of the best they've printed in like the past two years, like travel preparations and wild hunger, are unbelievable. Yeah, they're both ludicrous. They're really good. Yeah, wild hunger. I am, I'm on the uh, the train for that one. That card is. It, every time I draft it, it's always the card that wins me the game. I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's the finisher, but but it's just, it's always the card I want to draw. It's always like, oh, if I draw Wild Hunger, I win. It's just, it's always... I mean, you talk... Go ahead. You talk about it as a finisher, but sometimes it'll win you a game on, like, turn four. Like, in the middle of the game, it'll win the game for you, because it pushes through damage, it saves your guy, it kills one of their, yeah. like, the guys they're trying to trade with. Like, it's a removal spell that also deals damage and also like protects one of your creatures. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost a three for one in in certain situations, and then you get to play it again, which is it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, it, like the the flashback on that spell is so important 
Oh my god. <laughs> when I when I first looked at the card and I was like, oh, plus three plus one and trample. Why not just make it plus three plus oh? It's not like gonna be that different. It is a fucking world of difference. It is yeah. so huge. It always saves your guy, like because you're always playing it on the guy that's that's gonna die by exact damage, and then. It, you you not only tempo out by saving your guy, but you deal a bunch of damage through, and you get to do the same thing next turn. Or you do it twice in one turn, and then the game's just over. It's unbelievable. I, 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 I've screwed it up the other the, just the other day. I, I still won the game, but but I was like, I just kind of forgot that about the trampling aspect. Or I didn't forget about the trampling aspect, but but I had got I was attacking with two guys. He blocked one with a the uh, gargoyle, the manor gargoyle. And uh-huh. then the other one, um, he jumped with something and then sacked it to, like, an Alter's Reaper. Or I don't remember, but something like that. So it was off the board, and I was like, awesome. I get to Wild Hunger twice on this guy, and he just gets to put all his damage through onto him. And I did that, and then he goes to two, and the guy that I was blocked by the Gargoyle, could have I could have done it to him and gotten in the extra two. Um but I just kind of forgot that that was uh, a thing. <laughs> and and the, the, my opponent was kind of pissed at me. He was like, you don't even deserve to win. You could have won last turn. I was like, ah, yeah, I mean, you're right. But, yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I, I do like that card a lot. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not exactly sure where to pick it in drafts. Like, would you first pick it? Yes. Uh, I, I would. I'm, get, I'm getting there. I would, but the problem is not everybody's there. The but so I know if I see one first pick, it's not going to table, but it might get to like sixth pick or even seventh pick, which is absurd. It shouldn't happen, and sometimes it does table, but but um, I know that I might not see it again, and I think it's important enough. Like if I'm if I'm like. It depends on the the pack, obviously, but but if I see it and it looks like red green might be the way to go, I'm I'm I'll slam it. I'm happy to. Okay, well, just for for grins, let's do a quick pick a card. All right. Wild hunger or fires of undeath. Fires. I I'm, yeah, I think I'm still taking fires as well. Um, wild hunger or I, I will uh, say I will say that. I do think that Fires of Undeath, I mean, this is all deck dependent, but Fires of Undeath, not as important as Wild Hunger in in your deck in general, depending on what colors you are. Like, say you're red-black versus red-green, Wild Hunger is going to be more important in in whatever matchup you're playing than that Fires of Undeath would be, but Fires of Undeath is just much more versatile. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but I see your point. Um... How about this? Wild Hunger or Death's Caress? I would take Wild Hunger. I'm not a yeah, huge fan of I'm, I'm getting there, too. I think that that's a pick that I would also make. Um, what about Wild Hunger versus a Tragic Slip? I'm going to take the Slip. Uh, Give him the Slip. Yeah, I mean, mostly because I, I feel the most open doing that. Um I don't. I don't. I, I love to take cards that aren't two colors in your first pick, but most of the best cards are two colors in Dark Ascension, so it's really hard to do that sometimes. Are there any green commons in Dark Ascension that you would take over a Wild Hunger? Pick one. No, pack one. No, it's the best green common by far. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I yeah, listening to the, I mean, major website Channel Fireball, they I've heard them say multiple times that uh, the Kessig Recluse is the best screen common. I think that's just they t- totally evaluated the format incorrectly if they think that. I think that card is very good. It is good. I do think that Wild Hunger is better. Yeah. And in certain situations, just any two-drop will be better than the four-drop. Yeah, the thing about that four-drop is that it blocks every two-drop. I mean, it blocks everything, period. It blocks everything, it kills everything, and most things it survives. Yes, that's and the, the three toughness is a big deal on that card. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's definitely a good card. I mean, I'm very happy to take it, but um, this, this so, format is faster than most expect, I think. Yeah, I think most people are kind of getting hip to that, uh, which is one reason why I bet those Channel Fireball folks do evaluate the uh, the Kessig Recluse as high as they do. I mean, if you're on the plane, you get to play that on turn four. Like, that's going to halt most attacks against you. Like, right, like, because you Even can't, very good starts. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, like, we're, we're talking about here, all these pump spells are playable, and most people play them. And you can't pump your guy and not two-for-one yourself. Like, you will two-for-one yourself, unless it's the first strike pump. Right. And, I mean, the the Wild Hunger might let you get some trample damage through, but you can't save a creature from a Kessig Recluse or, for that matter, uh, a Typhoid Rats. And that's another card that's going way up my... Yeah, uh, it's a good picture, card. ...to be honest, just because, it, again, it blocks and kills everything. Mm-hmm. Well, so, everything on the ground. Sure. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Totally. Like, for the most part, the hyper-aggressive decks are beating you down on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all the 2-3s for 3 have gone up, in my opinion. Um, I'm more okay with main decking Riot Devils than I used to be. Yep, I think that card's fine. I, I still don't like playing it all that much. The one that I will pick a lot higher now is the... Oh, what's it called? The Blue Human, the... The Miller. Yeah, the uh, Selhoff Occultist. Selhoff Occultist. I like that guy a lot. Yeah. But mostly because if I'm playing blue, I probably want some cards to go to my graveyard. Mm-hmm. And, and a card that I was down on in, in our set review, um, the Midnight Guard. That guy's just great. I mean, I was like, I remember saying, even if that guy was just a 2-3 Vigilance, I wouldn't be happy playing him. But Oh, if he was a 2-3 Vigilance, you'd play him all day, every day. Well, he basically is... And, yes, I am very happy playing that card. I will play it pretty early. It, I mean, it gets to be offensive and defensive, and it blocks all the 2-2s two and the 2-1s, which there are about infinity of them. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Vigilance and 2-drops, what do you think about the Loyal Cathar? My god, you don't even want to know. <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I, know, I know you love black white sacrifice. I do human sacrifice. So he's a he's an all star in that, and just an all star in general. I, I love the card. Um, I don't love the double color requirement on any card right now. Like that is a big no no for me in terms of the format, since um, your cards all get worse if you can't play them the turn that you have whatever however mana like, converted mana cost they have, you know what I mean? Sure. So you want to play all your cards the turn that they could technically be played. So the double cost is not great, but when I'm white, I'm just going to be really heavy white if I'm playing Loyal Cathars, and then I'll feel more comfortable about it. Um, But, God, so much value on that guy. Do you take Gather the Townsfolk over that card? I do. Um, Do you you take 
do you take burden of guilt over that card? I don't. I don't okay. take burden of guilt over gather or loyal. Um, but I am like just way too gay for the black white sacrifice deck, and those two cards are the reason that it's awesome. Let's just say you're way too in love with those cards. Yeah. Try not to piss off any... uh... I'm saying gay in a positive way. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan. uh, I'm sorry. That's alright, I'm getting political on the podcast. It's okay, I I don't don't know. I I didn't think that it was a a negative connotation, so... Anyway, um, back to pump spells. Uh, how How would you rank them in this format? Like... And I'm talking about Innistrad plus Dark Ascension cards. Well, like Travel Prep and Wild Hunger seem like the class of the yeah. I think the pump spells. Which one do you think is better? I think Wild Hunger is better. I still think that Travel Prep is better. The permanent pumping effect is, and the fact that it costs a lot less mana to get the full effect, right, makes a big deal. Yeah, I uh, I, I mean they're very close in my opinion, but I, I just I've had a lot. Of a lot more luck with or luck, I, a lot more success. success with Wild Hunger lately. Um, I did draft a white green deck the other day with Travel Prep, and it was nice. It was nice to have it back again. Uh, it's the first time I drafted it in Dark Ascension, actually, and uh, still a good deck. Yeah, I think that Moment of Heroism is pretty solidly the third best pump spell. Yes, uh, the lifelink is just so big. Um, yeah, and again, we're talking about an aggressive format like where racing is very important, and because you're racing, life gain, especially dealing damage and gaining life, is just, it can be a blowout. Yes, it can. Um, what other ones do we got? There's there's Hunger of the Howl Pack. There's Skillful Lunge. Yes, yeah, Skillful Lunge is solid. Um, I still like... Uh... Spidery grasp a decent amount. Like it's not it's not great, but it's fine. Um, the one that's gone up in my opinion that that uh, was a little lower before is um, crap. Uh, the hexproof one. Oh yeah, Ranger's Guile. Ranger's Guile. Uh, well, that one's just so efficient for a single mana. It's just really nice to be able to blank a removal spell or blank some effect. Well, yeah. The like, the big it, thing is that. Um, Two common removal spells in Dark Ascension, um, being Rack with Madness and um, the black one that I'm blinking again on. Death's Caress. Death's Caress costs a, just a terrible amount of mana, and you just blow people out with the tempo on that. Yep. So, I, would you say that that's your fourth favorite, or would you rather have a Skillful Lunge or a Spidery Grasp? I think I'd rather have a Skillful Lunge, but just barely. Um... They're they're pretty neck and neck for me. I think that I don't know. I think that those three are all kind of relatively the same in my evaluation, the spidery grasp included. Just because they all do such different things. Mm-hmm. Like the skillful lunge can't save your creature from a removal spell, but a spidery grasp, if it's just damage, often can, and ranger's Kyle definitely can. Uh, Spider Grasp almost always lets your creature survive combat, as well as Skillful Lunge, granting first strike, whereas Ranger Scale might not always do that, because it's only plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, 
each card has its own limitations, and therefore I think it's kind of deck dependent. Like, what's important to to your strategy? Like, are you just trying to turn your guys sideways over and over and force through damage? Like, if that's your plan, you probably want spidery grasp or uh, skillful lunge. Right. And if you are like more invested in a couple like high impact creatures that you want to protect, then maybe the ranger's guile becomes more important to you. Right. Or I mean, and then just yeah, the mana cost. Like, can you afford to leave three mana up for a spidery grasp? Like, do, are you playing? What do you want to call it? Like midnight hauntings, midnight hauntings, and stuff like that, where you have other things to do at instant speed. Or uh, what? I mean, there's the flash guy, the uncommon white flyer, hollowhenge spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, a bell ringer. He's gone up in my value as well. Yeah, I mean a one four for three. That's another card that can just kind of block everything. Yeah. Like they're actually in my in my uh, Pyreheart Neonate draft. I like for some reason like nobody was taking blue cards, and I got a really late choice between Civilized Scholar and uh, the one four zombie that mills you for four Armored Scab. Mm-hmm. And while I think that the Civilized Scholar is a better card, like I had much less fear of playing against that one than I did against just a one four. Sure. Like I knew that I wasn't going to be like having my guys blocked all that often, but still, just like the prospect of having to bat battle through a one four on the ground just was not something I wanted to deal with. So I ended up hating hate drafting a card that I thought was actually worse than the other option. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Uh, what else? I mean, how how uh, how would you rank the colors as far as like aggressive capability? Like. If you are trying to draft a very tempo-based deck, like what color do you want to be drafting the most, or what color combination do you want to be drafting the most? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think between, well, I so I have the top tier decks in my mind in this format are um, green, white, black, red. And uh, green red. You would not include black white or blue white in that. I would not. Um, although I, you know how much I love black white, but uh, black white is a lot more. De- it's more of an aggro control. It's yeah. It's kind of more of aggro control, and it's also more dependent on the cards that are opened. Where those other three, I feel like it doesn't matter what gets opened. Um. You can draft the the deck that you want. You know what I mean. I think white green in particular is like that. Yeah. I th- actually think that black red aggro is something that's very open dependent. Yeah. Because um, there are a lot of two drops that aren't as good for you in those decks. Like a disciple of Grizzlebrand is not really a card you want to be playing, whereas no. a vampire interloper is. Uh, even some of the, like, and, and again, we talk about how important pump spells are. Black Red doesn't get those. It doesn't, but it gets a lot more um, burn. And it gets more move. removal and reach, yes, that's true. I, think I just don't think that that deck is as consistent. It's, yeah, it might be slightly below green, white, and green, red, which I guess answers your question in that green would be the color I think is... 
And it's funny because I think green is probably the worst color in Dark Ascension in terms of overall, like if you take all the playables and like give them a number value, like green probably has the lowest number, but um, just they just have a certain, uh, I guess, synergy with the format that, that lends itself to being the top dog. Yeah, I think... I think for me it's yeah white green and red green's up there although I haven't drafted that deck a whole lot uh, sometimes it feels a little too often like you're all in on the werewolf plan with that color combination and that's not something I like to to marry myself to in pack one but wild hunger is one of those cards that'll just suck me in sometimes yeah I don't yeah I definitely don't think that um, the green like being green red definitely doesn't mean you should just be werewolves it's probably a bad idea to take a slightly worse werewolf over a slightly better non-werewolf card just take just take the better card because green red is fine without the center the tribal synergy of werewolves yeah but i mean i'm saying like a lot of what makes red green powerful are cards like wild hunger and but but also immerwolf Emmerwolf like, is very, very good. But also like that's a very high pick, but once you take that, like you really have to prioritize wolves and werewolves after that to make that card worth the, the early pick that you invested in it. Well yeah, the good news is is that is that all are not all of them, but most of the wolves are just really awesome. Um and like not not the werewolves, but the wolves. Like the they're they tend to be good cards. So um you're happy with those. What, what besides Dark Thicket Wolf are you talking about? What besides Dark Thicket Wolf? Um, yes. The 3-3 three, three for 4 is good. Ugh, I don't like that card. Uh, you don't want more than one of them. Um, but we've been talking about how everything has two power, and it's pretty good for that. Um, and... I guess I'm just talking yeah, about can't... that. I can't think of any other highly playable wolves other than those. I mean, there are some uh, wolves. Kes- Kessig Wolf is fine. Um, I li- yeah. I like Kessig Wolf enough. I like him more than Russet Wolves, that's for sure. Uh, I think I like them about equal, but um, you don't ever have to pick between them, so it's not a big deal. Um, it's true. But but also, like, mo- I mean, pretty much all the werewolves are good, too. And, and the... Uh, Ooh, villagers of Eswald are even better than they were before. I mean, the two, three bodies still, I like, keep saying, super, super important, super good. Um, and he has that, so that's awesome. Plus, he's a werewolf. And the great thing about Emmerwolf is, is that it, it's often just a 2-2 unblockable. Yeah, I mean, that's why the card is okay to take early, because even if you don't end up with a bunch of other support for it, i.e. wolves and werewolves, it is still a 2-2 Intimidate. Granted, it can be blocked by two different co- two different colors as well as artifact creatures. I mean, still better than nothing. Yeah, and often, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the fact that you're drafting those colors to start takes away a lot of those cards that could block it, so that's a bonus. And then um, I, I would bet you that Immerwolf is more unblockable than just a just a random flying creature in the format. It's possible. Um, getting back to the colors and kind of evaluating the colors as far as how aggressive they are, 
Which do you think is the least aggressive color, blue or black? Uh, blue. But it's a great support color. Yeah, I, I actually think that it's black. I think that in a vacuum, the black cards can be more aggressive, but I think that the support that blue lends is better. Like, Silent Departure yeah, it's is huge. huge. Yeah. And even a card like Spectral Flight, like, mm-hmm. you gotta get your late pick somewhere. Like, that's one of those cards that can just work for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I mean, those are all good... Uh, I mean, those are really good... Like like I said, it's a great support color. Um, and, and black is a similar way, where it's a support color as well, but its support is more, I guess, removal-based, not tempo-based. Yeah, and the black two-drops are okay. Like, the 2-2 two, two zombie is fine. The the interloper is definitely good, but... Yeah. The fact that the interloper cannot block... Yeah, that's bad. And, and, and also has one toughness is a very bad combination in this format, I feel. Yeah. Uh, not being able to trade, like, if you are on the back foot, is a big disadvantage. And also not being able to, like, just attack into any one power flyer, like, any spirit token trades with it, like, uh, Soul Caesar just, like, blocks and kills it, you know, like, it trades with every flyer in the format, and therefore, like, if you do draw it when you're behind, like, you can't race with it necessarily all the time, no. and you definitely can't block with it and try to force trades. Like, I, I like the card, but I find myself citing it out a lot right. when I draft it if I feel like You're not I the beatdown? Well, if I'm not the beatdown or if I see a lot of flyers. Like, if I see a lot of flyers, it's probably not worth playing, in my opinion, particularly the, the spirit tokens. Sure, yeah. Definitely. But just some of the other black commons, like, just are so underwhelming as aggressive cards. Like, Ghoul Razor is really slow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the four mana cards they have, like, there's the the snake, the rotting fence snake, but... Yeah, that card's gone way down for me. Forge Devil's a big reason for that. Uh, And the... What's the other four drop? Sightless Ghoul? Like, we've talked on the podcast a fair amount about how that's a pretty underwhelming card. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, I don't know. I think I like blue more as a support color, although I do think those are the two slowest colors in the format by a pretty wide margin. Yeah, um, but luckily they can support um, the faster colors and and make a decent deck out of it. Um, It's kind of funny, like, we're talking about red, white, and green being the fastest colors, but red, white is really just not very good. It's, It's probably the worst color combination. I don't know if it's necessarily the worst. Like, I'd rather, I think I'd rather play white, red than black, green. I just won an 8-4 with black-green. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I haven't found much success with that color combination. Uh, you just draft mostly green, and then black is your utility. I don't yeah. Know. I it, all, it almost makes me want to do a force on the issue for white-red, just to like try and figure out what's important in that color combination and how to prioritize like what spells you want. That's, like, uh, it, I don't know. It, you just don't get... Um, I think like what, why why is it bad? I guess is the question I'm asking. I think you don't get the like the important the nice thing about green is that it that it provides the bigger stuff. Like white red white and red have similar sized creatures. They're all pretty small. And um green gets to 
like even that out with slightly bigger guys. Like maybe just one toughness bigger or or a guy that can pump a little bit or whatever, but but it really makes a big difference in the like reach that the deck has by the end of the game. That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Whereas like white pairs with blue well also because it gives up size for evasion. Right. It has more flyers. Right. And red pairs with black well because lots of removal. Yeah, it gets removal to make up for its lack of size. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is there is there any other reason why white-red just doesn't seem to work well, that well? Well, I think... Um, there, there's no tribal synergy, which is a big deal as well. Yeah, that's probably another major point, yeah. I, I haven't thought about that either. Like, there aren't a whole lot of red humans you ever play aside from werewolves, and, and usually if you're playing those red werewolves, you want them to be flipped anyway. Right. I mean, like, you could say there's no tribal synergy with, like, black-green, but really, it feels like there's... I mean, there is definitely no tribal synergy, but there is some synergy in the morbid mechanic where um, green has great morbid cards and black has great ways to trigger morbid. Yeah. I do, I, but I again, I will reiterate that I do think that that is another color combination that I actively do not want to play in this format. I, I will agree with you. Uh, I mean, I just drafted it. I literally just did it right before this podcast. Um, but it, I didn't want to be, and it, it just turned out that way. Um, I actually drafted, I was uh, black-red to start, and then um, the green just was, I got two really late dryads, and uh, and two drops or two drops or two drops. I'm gonna move in on the on the color that's passing that's tabling the two drops. So yeah, I mean, I, I so I mean, will you bear with me for a while? I want to talk more about white red and like how how would you like what's the best case scenario for a white red deck in this format? Is it like all flyers in white and just red support spells, or just all white creatures and red support spells? Yeah, I think so. I, so just max out on spirits and humans, and then just have some burn to. Well, one thing that white red has rally the peasants is rally the peasants. That's totally true. And if you have a way to make, I mean, the problem is red does not support rally the peasants well at all, um, but white does really well, which is often why you're splashing the red portion. Or pretty much, almost every time you're splashing the red portion of it. Um, but the tokens, like. You know, all the Midnight Hauntings and Gather the Towns folks and what have you um, probably go a long way in white-red just since Rally exists and is rarely taken because of the fact that white-red is so... I mean, people don't draft it, so... Um, I've seen I've seen it more often in white-green and white-black decks. Exactly, in, yeah. Yeah. Just people splash the mountain. It's great in white-black, because white-black has a lot of tokens. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I might try and draft that some someday soon. Just to try. That it might out. be my next force. Yeah, just because I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't necessarily force it, but <laughs> if it, it comes, just, it, it feels like it should be there. But it's just you're right. It's just not for whatever reason. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about kind of like the lack of size among the creatures in those two colors. Right. So it is a problem. I don't know. Uh, do you got any a whole lot more you want to talk about as far as the pump spells and the aggressive format go, or you want to wrap it up? I think we can wrap it up. Um, I do. I, I mean, I do just want to say, like, if 
if you are having trouble with this format, um, really just just try to take to do a draft and just basically force two and three drops, mostly two drops, and take pump spells and see how that goes for you. Because really, like I'm taking or, or things that uh, like like a Pyreheart Wolf, take it really early, take cards like that. I took like a Pyreheart Wolf over a um, a Fires of Undeath. Uh, really early when I was red because I knew that I mean I didn't know if I was going to be black and I knew that I was going to be really aggressive and that Pyroheart Wolf was just going to probably deal a lot more damage over the course of the game than, than a Fires would do and, and that's generally how this format is going um, so try that out and see if it works for you because I think it will yeah well uh, thanks for listening, as always, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email email us. Our email address is eastwestdraftcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook uh, if you search for East West Draftcast. You can tweet at us on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is EWDraftcast, and Jeff's is Jeff, J-E-F-F, E-W-D-C. Uh, and if you are looking for, I don't know, anything else that has to do with what we're, what we're talking about on the podcast, you can check out our website, eastwestdraftcast.com. That'll have links to all this other stuff, um, including like the show on MTG cast and all that, all that fun nonsense, draft videos, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, huh. Did I miss anything, Jeff? I don't think so. Um, yeah, thanks for listening uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm enjoying this format quite a bit although it feels kind of weird because like aggressive formats are not usually what I like I like the slower more I like I like lots of value I like uh, slow grindy value but um, this I don't know maybe it's just because I'm doing really well right now <laughs> but but it seems to be going really well and, and I'm enjoying it Um the most fun I've had recently, I, I drafted blue-red control, just like as controlling as control can be, um, and it was a great time. Um, so I, I got a little taste of control recently, but but it's really hard to draft, so don't don't uh, go searching out to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the format a lot too. I am getting a little sick of the fact that it is as aggressive as it is because I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we were playing Zendikar. Uh, I do think this is better. I do think that control is more viable now. Just, again, like, some of the blockers are good, and, like, some of the control cards are very good. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I think my favorite thing about this format now is that almost all the color combinations are viable. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, blue-green blue being one of, like, the ones that's almost never playable, but in this format very much is. I, I'm not sure, like, how much that has to do with kind of the mill yourself sub archetype but i think it has everything to do with that i mean i don't yeah i don't think it's playable outside of that yeah so i don't know it'll be interesting to see how things develop and i i really actually i'm already getting kind of excited for the standalone Avacyn yeah Restored. and, and it, these are really it's kind of funny i feel like wizards knows that these aggressive formats get stale faster so like they plan on these third standalone sets to be like to, to say, okay, okay, you guys have had enough aggressive. Now we'll move on to something else a little quicker than normal. Yeah, which, so, which is we'll, nice. We'll see how it goes. That's yeah, gonna be sweet, I think. 
people are. I guess they have. Uh, Rise was is, was a high bar that they set, but but I think it'll be good. All right. Well, uh, with all that said, thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time on East West Draftcast. Draftcast out. Away to the days and when the moon is high, a little rise with the tide, with the lust for life. I'll, unless an army of a heart is a whore, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. Away to the days and when the moon is high, and then I'll rise with the tide, with the lust for life. I'll, unless an army of a heart is a whore, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.